So if you have a Bible, what I would love for you to do is I'd love for you to turn to the book of Matthew. Uh, The book of Matthew is in the New Testament. The Bible is split up into two sections, an Old Testament and a New Testament. The New Testament tells the stories of Jesus and the early church. The Old Testament is written to the Israelites. Um, There are tons of things we can learn from both of these sides of the Bible. But today we're going to rest in the New Testament. It's Matthew chapter 5. And I'm going to start reading in verse 13. And I'm going to go all the way down to 16. And then we're going to stop and do some do some, uh, some dissecting and talking about what it means for us as a church. And these are the words of Jesus, and this is what he says. Jesus, let me, let me kind of preface this for you. Jesus has just preached the greatest sermon on earth, okay? He is, he is on fire. He has preached the Sermon on the Mount, and he gets to this ultimate, like, this, this moment, and he says, here's what I want you to know if you're a believer, okay? I want everybody to know this. If you're tracking with me today, I want you to know this. He says this, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? Then he goes on and he says, it's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. And then he tells his people, you are the light of the world. Everybody say light of the world. world. You're the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. No one does that. Nobody lights a lamp in their house and then covers it. Nobody, well, you do if you like put a shade on it, but it's still gonna provide light. Nobody puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. How many lights do you have underneath your couch? None. They're on stands. You know what they do? They provide sight so that you can see. And he goes on and he says, and it gives light for all who are in the house. I, I love my mother-in-law. It's always dark in her house. I walk in there like, turn some lights on up in here. She loves it a little bit dim. I'm like, let's turn some lights on. And, but one thing I do love about her, she always has windows open. It could be 40 outside, she's got windows open. <laughs> like she doesn't even run the air conditioner in the summer. Well, she doesn't in the summer. She doesn't run the heater in the wintertime. Just open the windows. I do love that. It's amazing. But you don't go into a house and it's dark and just sit in the room and be like, hey, man, how's it going? In the dark. You put a lamp so that you can all see, so that everyone can see. And he goes the same way. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. Let your light shine so that people can see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. God, thank you for today. I pray, um, I pray for blessing and favor over this message today. God, I pray that we be salt to the earth. I pray that we be a light to the world, God, that, that we would not be hidden, that we would stand out when other people would want us to fit in, God. God, that we would be a church that is placed on a hill for all people to see so that they might find life and find it more abundant. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. How many people love food in here? Oh, man, I love food. There's nothing like going out to eat after church. It's like, it's my jam. There's nothing like going out to eat anywhere. I can eat food all day, every day, because food is amazing. I love food. I love to eat, and I love to go eat with people. 
You ever go to like a restaurant and they've got menus for you that actually give you like samples of what the food's gonna look like? Oh, I love those places. Those places make my day because I'm like, oh, I get an opportunity to choose. I, I, I know what I'm getting. And, and the worst is when you go to a restaurant and the, and the waitress comes up and she'll say, would you like to look over? Are you looking over the menu? How much time do you have? And I'm like, come back in just a few minutes and we'll, we'll get our order right. I am the worst at not having my order ready when the waitress comes back. Anybody feel me? Yes. So the waitress comes back and she's like, so what would you guys like to eat today? And I'm like, start there. I say, start at the person that's in front of me. Like, don't start with me. I'm trying to figure out, let it get around to me. And, and she always asks, are you ready? And I'm like, oh no, now I'm freaking out. Anybody have those moments where you're looking at your menu and you're in a hurry now because you didn't take time before, you're in a hurry now. And you're like, oh no, what do I do? Ah, that one looks so good. Like, that IHOP menu and those pancakes, straight fire. And like, you go to Waffle House and nothing looks good but the waffles, okay? But it's all good, all right? It's like they served you each individual cup of syrup in those little bitty waffles. And you're like, oh, and, and, and I don't know this, but I haven't been there. But evidently, Dylan hasn't been there. Pastor Dylan's been there. There's a place here that serves Texas-shaped waffles, Come on, somebody. Like, that makes you want to pour, like, syrup in each little cup. And just, I, and, and I just want to put butter on it. You know what I'm saying? And I, I want to put peanut butter on it as well. Yeah, yeah, come on. Like, I got to spread it on there. And I just want to look at it for a little bit and admire the food. Admire the food. And it's so sad because I spend time talking and I'm like, oh no, I'm in a hurry. And then I make a choice and it comes out and the choice is never what I wanted, but it's what I had to order. It's like, and then the worst is when you get a, a plate of food and it looks nothing like the picture on the menu. You been there? Ever go through a drive-thru? And you're like, oh, dude, I want that. And then they give it to you, and the, the pickles are terrible. The bread's, like, soft, and it feels like it's been sitting there for at least eight hours before you got it, a.k.a. I won't, you know, slander any names. But, um, like, it's the worst. And there's two types of people when you get food, two types. The people who automatically start eating and the people who reach over and they grab salt. I encourage you this. If you ever get a chance to go eat with Pastor Dylan, he grabs salt. It's the greatest thing. I'm a, I can't do it. I, I almost brought a salt shaker today. It's the funniest thing I have ever seen. He will take his hand and kind of like this, and he'll pour salt on his hand, and he does this, like he's a connoisseur of like salt. And it like drops and drips everywhere, and it goes all over his food, and he just dumps it all over the place. And it's fine. It's great. He loves salt. Some people love to have salty food. There's nothing worse than taking a bite of food and it being bland, right? It's the worst. It, it, salt provides flavor. It provides something good. It adds value to the food. Now, as a church, I think that it's important for us to understand that we should be little bitty salt shakers walking around our community adding flavor and value to our city. 
Like we should not just be walking around aimlessly, bland, boring, and kind of ugh. I don't want to be the church that when somebody goes to the drive-thru that it looked cool and then when they got there, they're like, ooh, that wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Their Instagram looked great, but church was not as good. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that adds flavor. I want when you walk in, I don't even care if you walk in and you're like, man, I don't like this. But like, we want to add some flavor to your life. We want to have some fun. We want to sing passionately. And here's what I want you to do. When you leave here today, I don't want you to keep flavor all stored up for you. I want you to go add some flavor to somebody else's life. That's the call of the gospel. It's to be salt to the earth. Anybody know what salt is? It's a preservative. It preserves your food. We are not just to be on earth. We are to preserve the earth. We are to make it better. God has called us to do great things with our life. And so we can't just walk around and be bland, ho-hum Christians. If you're here and you don't know Christ, listen, I'm wild. I'm crazy. And I, I don't want to live a bland, ordinary life because that's not the life of the gospel. The life of the gospel is to add value to add flavor, to go to your community. This morning, I walked into Starbucks, and the guy uh, is a super nice guy. He's always in there. And he's like, you're, you're always, like, fashionable. And I was like, that's right, man. Thank you so much, bro. Like, I wanted to fist bump that guy. And I wanted to give him a high five. He made me a cup of coffee. It was the best cup of coffee that I'd made all day. And you know why? I didn't even have to like the coffee. He added value to my life. He added value to who I was. He said, your outfit's on point. And I said, you're on point. Make that coffee, bro. <laughs> so good. So the, the Bible calls us to be salt. And then it calls us to be light. If, you ever, if you're a parent, you probably have done this. You've walked into your kid's room. And there's these little things called Legos. Kind of orchestrated by Satan to put together for hours to distract you of how awesome that set's gonna be. And then you, you realize that it takes way longer than what it looks like. And you, you walk into a room and it's kind of dimly lit and you walk in and you step and you, ah, scream. Because that's what parents do. The other night, I woke up in the middle of the night because I had to go to the restroom because I drank a whole cup of coffee before I went to bed. It's what I do. Um, so I got up. I rolled out of the bed. This was actually the summertime. And I went to go to the bathroom, um, and we have an elliptical in our room. And when I got up, I started walking. Boom, hit my toe on the elliptical. I'm limping to the bathroom, which is never a good thing, okay? It's dark. I can't see anything. I'm trying to turn on lights. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, it hurts so bad. This is how big of a sissy I am. Please do not make fun of me. The next day, a man and I were set to go run five miles. And I woke her up. I said, babe. I don't think I can do it. She was like, you don't think you can do it? I was like, man, last night I stubbed my toe. She was like, you stubbed your toe? And I'm like, yeah, it, oh, it hurts so bad. And I'm like limping, like I'm really hurt and I'm really not, but that's just my personality, okay? Everything is over-exaggerated, all right? I, I, I was limping, it's because I couldn't see. Light allows people to see. You walk into a house, what do you do? You flip on lights so that you can see. 
You walk into a, a place that's dark, you flip on lights so that you can see. If it's a little bit darker in the room, if you're on a date, you want the, you want the lights a little bit dimmer, right? You're like, hey. And so like, you want that happening. If you, are, if you want to see something really well, you want it to be as bright as possible. Did you know that things become visible to the human eye when light bounces off an object? When light bounces off something, it allows us to see things visibly. It travels through some parts of your eye that I don't have time to chat about because I'm not scientific, but inside your internal eye, there's a spot called your blind spot. Everybody say blind spot. spot. Your blind spot, and that is the spot that helps you define what an object is. Your blind spot is what defines an object. Isn't it funny that God would say, be a light of the world, that your blind spot, the things that, the things that make you possibly blind are actually what should make us see better? The things, the people that we see around us, the things that we see around us, that, that, that they should be visible to people. We are to be a light to people's blind spots. There are people every day that are walking and they see you. They see you through their blind spot, but they don't see Jesus in you. And so, so often we can walk and we can go to Starbucks and we can go to our job and we can go to our desk and people see you and yet they're still blind. And the reason is, is because the light's inside of you, not outside of you. And if people wanna see something life-changing, obviously it starts on the inside, but what is inside has to come out. And when something is on the inside of you, people are like, man, there's something different about that guy. I walk into gas stations all the time and I do this on purpose. And they'll say, how's your day? And I'll say, man, it's wonderful. And they're like, what's wrong with you? Well, no, it's a great day. They're like, why are you so happy? Man, it's just a great day to be alive. Like, I'm here today, I'm breathing, it's a wonderful day. I had a shirt on a while back at the racetrack gas station, and it said, better together. And this dude was like, yo, let me see your shirt. And I was like, bam! And he was like, better together. I was like, that's because we're better together, bro. Me, you, this gas station, all of us, we're better together. And he was like, yeah! I hope that dude did better at his job that day and wasn't upset the whole day. I want to shine a light wherever I go. Maybe you're here this morning, and you're like, what is this dude talking about? Why would Jesus use terms like salt and light? And here's why. It's because he knew that bland, hidden Christianity wasn't going to cut it. Bland, hidden Christianity wasn't going to cut it. Or maybe you've been skeptical about church, and you're like, man, I don't know. I've, I've seen some Christians. <laughs> Woo, I've seen those people who claim they know Jesus. I've seen some really boring ones. They've been bland. They've not been very salty, but they actually have been salty, if you know what I mean. They're salty about everything, but they're not adding salt and value to the world. They're just allowing the world live through them. They've been bland and they hide what they believe. Why would someone want to be a part of something that is bland and average? 
When you have a terrible experience at a restaurant, do you ever want to go back? No. When somebody has a terrible experience with your Christianity, guess what they never want to do? Follow Jesus. They don't. They don't want to follow Jesus. See, Christianity has to lend flavor to life. United City has to lend flavor to life. The tragedy is that so often people have connected Christianity to the opposite. They have connected that it takes the flavor out of life. Not here. Not at United City. Not ever, not ever will we be a church that wants to take flavor out of life, that we want to be a church that adds value to life. We want to be a church that is fun for your life. We want to be a church where it's happy for your life. We want to be a church where when you walk in, you got a smile on your face because you saw somebody else smiling today. The other day, one of our people shared with me about um, they had been inviting some, some family and their family uh, was not raised in church like what we do. And they said, every time we see you guys, you just look so happy. Duh! That is the point, that we look happy. And you know what? They came to church because somebody looked happy. Somebody looked excited. Somebody was adding value and flavor to the life that they were living When you don't provide flavor and light to the world, our lives become useless, just like the salt that Jesus talked about. He says, if salt's not adding flavor, you ever seen Dumb and Dumber? Toss it over your shoulder. If you're not adding flavor, you're hitting other people. And guess what that salt added to him, a black eye? But if you're not adding flavor, what use are you to the kingdom of God? He says, listen, be salt, be light. And I'll tell you one thing that uselessness, uselessness invites disaster. Uselessness invites disaster. It does. Anything that's useless becomes disastrous. You know, when you cook food and you forget to add salt, it becomes disastrous. Do you ever eat with Dylan? All of a sudden you're like, man, that's kind of cool. I kind of want some more salt on my food. While back, my mother-in-law, and this has nothing to do with salt, but she made gravy, and it was supposed to be salty. She used sugar. Yeah. Happens, right? Was it sugar? Powdered sugar? Is that what it was? Powdered sugar. It happens. You ever go in your house, and you've got jars of things that look the same? They add different value to the mix. <laughs> the best value to add to the mix is flavor, salt. And here's why, because it preserves. Sugar runs out. Salt preserves, it adds to you. So I want to talk to you about three questions that I want to like ask, have you ask yourself, okay? Three questions I want you to ask yourself. Number one is this. If we are called to be salt and light, the first question is, is your light public? Is your light public? Is it public? Do people know if you are a follower of Jesus, and listen, if you are not a follower of Jesus, this is not even for you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna harp on the people who follow Jesus for a second. If you, is your light public? I know lots of things about your life that are public. You make it known to everybody when things about your life are public. So often, we don't live out light-driven principles because we are too busy covering our light. When it, this morning we had a, 
um, a little tire, a caster on the bottom of one of our move-in deals. And it was dark when we got here. We couldn't see. Guess what we did? We used light. We used a phone. It provided publicity to see how we could fix the problem. Is your light public? Jesus says you are to be a city on a hill. You're to let your light shine before all men. Is it public or is it just shining in front of some men? Is it shining only at church? Is it shining only at home? Is it shining only when you get the perfect Instagram picture of your Bible study placed this way with the perfect logo so that everybody knows you read John 3.16 today? Is that the only time it's public? Is it public? Is your light public? Number two, is your light about God? We can shine lights on lots of things, right? We can make things visible for lots of people. Right now, March Madness is going on. Straight craziness. I love watching basketball. I will let everybody know about basketball that I'm watching. I'm going to shine my light for March Madness. I'm going to let everybody know I love sports, okay? But is that light shining brighter than the light of Jesus? Is it public or is it private? And I think that we have to look at this two ways. You need to have private light in your life. You need some private salt and some private flavor and some private light in your life, okay? Before God will use you publicly, he will prepare you privately. And so what you need to know is that, man, if I'm going to go public, I got to be prepared private. And so you prep privately. You prep and you pray and you read and you seek. And sometimes it's difficult. I know. Sometimes we're like, I don't understand what this is talking about. I love it when people say this, I just don't understand the Bible. Well, you know what? When you don't understand your car, you YouTube it. Like, I don't understand what's going on here. You know what? If you don't understand something, guess what you do? Google it. I love it when people say, I don't understand it. That's because there's no light. There's no salt. There's nothing that you're bringing out of it to become better. And the third thing is this, is your God, is Jesus a secret? If we're going to be a church that is sent to the city, it cannot be a secret. Here's why. The Bible says that let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. So they may see your good works. Not for you, but so that they, they can give glory to our heavenly Father. Not so they can see your good works and be like, oh, you read your Bible today, woo! But so that they can give glory to God. You see, in its original language, good works meant beautiful, attractive, winsome. It's a word we call kalos. And I find it interesting that Jesus would say, hey, let people see your attractiveness about me. Let people see your winsomeness about me. Let people see that I am beautiful because I am. So today, as a church, my challenge is not that we would show up 
We would arrive at church safely and think that God would show up and we would walk out the doors and do nothing with the way we live our lives. Next week, we have city group kickoff. No better way than to be in community with believers, loving one another, caring for one another. Next week, we are doing a glow party. Guess what? You know why? Because we are the light of the world for our kids. See, church doesn't stop in this room. It starts in that room. We, we shine our light publicly. We let our light be about God. And we cannot be a secretive church when it comes to Jesus in the United States of America. We have to be people who are full of grace, who are full of compassion, who are full of love. We are to be a city on a hill that when people drive down Beach Street and that when people come down Fossil Creek, that they see a light, not an event center, that they see Jesus lifted high. If you really wanna know the heart of what United City is about, always and forever about people, always and forever about generosity, always and forever about the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will not be silent about it. We will not be quiet about it. We will not stand back because of it. We will let light shine from here forever as long as this church exists on this earth. Be a light. My question to you is, do you want to be a part of something that's like that? That says, oh, I can't wait to get there on Sunday. Not only that, I can't wait to get to work on Monday. See, Sunday is the overflow of our weekly relationship with Jesus. It's the celebration the culmination of how our lives should be. It's the gathering place where people can come to know a relationship with the loving, caring God.